Tell me, though, what's his technique? That last strike, it seems invincible. Hello and welcome to Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron podcast. My name is Connor McKenna. I'm Carl Stout. And this is episode 8, covering Marvel Premiere uh, 22. 22. Death Iron is Fist a ninja. Versus... No, it's Iron Fist versus the ninja. Oh, no, it's Death Duel with the Night Prowling Ninja, the ultimate kung fu showdown. Alright, we're alright. <laughs> Despite the fact that the ninja doesn't use kung fu, I'm assuming. Uh, no, he can't. Because in this issue, he... Well, I won't ruin it, but where he's from, kung fu is not from. It should be pretty obvious where he's from, I guess. Yes. Before Those ninjas are Japanese. Before we get started, I'm just going to go on a little rant. Uh-oh. Yep, you know it. Already? <laughs> yep, because generally before every podcast I'll Google Iron Fist to see if there's any news. And there's more rumours. But this time, the rumours are that the Punisher series will be replacing the Iron Fist series. And you know who the source is? No. Peeling Orange. Peeling... that is. Peeling <laughs> Orange. Who takes that seriously? First, <laughs> yep. First, it was Moon Knight. Next, it's Chang Chi. Now it's Frank. Now, on the basis of all these rumors alone, you should not take them seriously. So, so next week, is it going to be Howard the Duck? Probably. <laughs> or it's going to be Daredevil's twin from. It's going to be Mike Murdock. His split personality. That's what they're going to do. Actually, I wouldn't mind that. That would be cool. But anyway, I just thought I'd get that out of the way because yeah, it's just getting pretty obnoxious. I'm sick of Iron. Leave Danny alone. I'm sick of him being used as a news clickbait whipping boy. All these hey, just stupid think, blogs. Think of it this way: if the Netflix series never happens, the prices of the back issues might actually drop down to reasonable again. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a bit of consolation, but unfortunately not enough. Now, we've, we've already discussed why it's going to happen, or something will still happen, so we won't mm-hmm. retread old ground. I just thought I'd point that out. No, so, no matter what, he will be showing up. Yeah. As I said, the worst thing that could happen would be that his series is combined with Luke Cage's. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So, on to... Oh, Actually, what was happening in August 1974, all I could find is Planet of the Apes 1 came out, and Savage Sword of Conan 1 came out. 74? You mean 75? Oh. (laughs) Yes, it's 75. Really? Yes. Huh. Inside it says, uh, copyright 1975, number, volume 1, number 22, June. June of 1975. Oh, yeah, actually, you might be right. I would hope so. I'm holding a real issue. God, what am I smoking? 
I don't know what they smoke down there in Australia. They smoke didgeridoos. <laughs> they do not. <laughs> oh, they uh... smoke rain sticks. Now, one of the most interesting things about this issue, which anyone that has a reprint of the many different versions out there, whether it be the Essential or the Epic or the Masterworks hardcover, is you don't get the letter pages, you don't get the advertisements. And the letter page, which is horribly called Iron Fistfuls, oh. which sounds like some odd gay porn. It's terrible. Um, has two very long-winded, for the most part, hate mail. Wow. Commenting on... Uh, artists not being up to par good artists like Larry Hama pencils being choked to death by someone else's ink and the fact that Iron Fist takes half of, half of issue to fight four untrained thugs but then goes up against the big league villain fighter and does it in two pages Mm. Well, they have a point that the art's definitely taken a step down. Unless they're yeah. trashing Larry Harmer, then they're wrong. But no, no. Okay, good. His pencils are incredible, yet you can't—they can't even breathe under Dick Giordano's ink work. Yep. Yeah. And but then they comment how Dick is one of my favorite artists. Inkers, rather, a true artist, but in those two issues, he's just smothering Hammer's pencils. I've also noticed, actually, since you mentioned it, it seems to have gone to bi-monthly now. Mm -hmm. Which might indicate early troubles, I guess, that the twos will run into. I'm just, I'm trying, when, when exactly did it go bi-monthly? I don't know, because this one says June. And the following one after this... Is September. No, August, sorry. Yep, it is listed as August. This issue also has the full-page ad for Count Dante. Deadliest man alive. March was the previous issue. Huh. I mean, did they really take that long to do all that really crappy coloring? <laughs> I don't know, but I honestly think that this issue right here, 22, is drawn by more than one person. Because it's such huge inconsistencies. Mm. From And I'm talking even panel to panel. Yeah. Like someone else stepped in to help draw a panel here and there, and... Oh, it's bad. I mean, do we have a... I don't know. Yeah, this, the issue before li is listed as March. Yeah, and then... March, March that... to June to August. Yeah, and then January was before March. So, uh, that means maybe I've been, like... Maybe we've been recapping what's been happening wrong all along. <laughs> In 1970 five slash four that's a that's not a nice thought well obviously I've messed up the dates did you find anything on whatever this date is 
Honestly, I didn't look. Usually, I because I have the original issues, I just looked at what's um, plastered on the bottom of every other page. Like we have even yeah. Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu. Can he survive the rampage of Razor Fist? Who I believe Iron Fist does fight later on quite a few times. So, it starts going bi-monthly with after issue 19, which coincidentally, issue 19 was Larry Harmer's last issue, so they must mm-hmm. have started running into troubles, or just the book started not doing as well. When the, yeah, because after issue 19, the next one was January, and people waited two months for Batrock and that cover where there's, <laughs> like, a weird thing with his face going on. Alright, well, let's get back to Death yep. as a Ninja. Now, they changed up the opening paragraph on the first page. Or, well, actually, let's talk about the cover. Yes. It's obviously very reminiscent of Marvel Premiere 15. Very. He's got... Matter of, matter of fact, is he in the same exact pose? Let me look. I think it's more exaggerated, this pose. Oh, well, he's a little more tilted to the right. But... <laughs> I'm gonna have a look so now literally, too. if you take if you take Iron Fist 15 and turn it clockwise or counterclockwise to where his hand his left hand would be facing noon or 12, the top of the clock, he is then in the almost exact same position, just his head's looking in a different angle, and, <laughs> and his collar and his collar's removed. And it's sad because you can really see how how much downhill the artwork's gone. By comparing oh, yeah. these two covers, the issue following this is a step up art-wise, definitely. But this one is by I'm going to say by far the worst. I think it actually is worse than the last issue, and really? it starts with a real. I think it starts with a really good tight page, and then there's, I mean, there's panels in these in this comic that look like the guy was holding the pencil in his butt, literally. It's better than the Batrock issue, though. Mm. I think that's the worst issue we've done so far. But back on the cover, he's fighting... Yes, uh, three... three... Three cult members, and I guess this artist, whoever this artist is, because I don't think... It's definitely not the interior artist, because the style is completely different again. Yeah. So I have... And I think the same thing for the last couple issues. The cover artist is not the interior artist, and they are not crediting anybody. Nor can you make out a signature anywhere on the book. Yeah. But uh, the ninja is now in red, behind him with his sword, and he's taken out three cult members at the same time, all with different appendages. Yeah. And one arm gets one guy, one arm gets the other, and a left front kick takes out another guy. All, of course, back in there diapers and head wraps. And he has the Iron Fist activated. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about the Masterworks, but on the original color cover, his interior eye holes were flesh tone. So not no eyeballs, no solid white, but the same color as his chest. And what I find disappointing is most about this cover is that there is no real concern, concernable detail in 
the ninja's eye slit. It's very loose in there, where I think it should have been more defined. Yep, it's very loose in mine as well, but the Iron Fist's uh, eye holes, they are white, not flesh-colored. Uh, so they, they, it's weird. They fix some things, but they don't fix other things in their masterworks. Right. And then we go to the big, huge splash of page one, where we have Tony... Tony Isabella is still writing. Arville Jones is supposedly the artist. But yeah. I find it, first off, completely hard to believe, considering this first page is artistically not like the last two that Arville has drawn at all. Yeah. Everything here is done different than how he's been drawing the last two issues. A. Bradford is the inker who is brand new, so he could be tweaking stuff a bit. Karen Mantlo is the letterer. And Karen, I have to say, right here on page one, you've already proven that you don't know how to work with space when you make the bottom letter box cut off part of a character's foot. Um, oh, yeah. And then we have George Rossos is the colorist who starts off bad right from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Iron uh, Fist looks I, terrible. I don't know how, again, how it is on the reprint, but right on this very first page, the green all around the torn chest of the outfit is bleeding all over his normal chest. So there wasn't even an attempt to try to color in the lines of the tears. Maybe he was six. He just had a crayon, and he was just... <laughs> and... Len Wein, or Wen, is the editor. Yep. So, yep, there's the splash, and uh, the ninja is pointing his sword at Iron Fist, and there's no mercy in his eyes, and he pretty much goes to execute him. He swings down, no, he thrusts downwards, but Iron Fist halts its passage by, well, sort of just grabbing it. Not grabbing it, but... It's the double-palmed slap. Yeah. That's pretty much seen in almost every samurai movie when someone's attacked and and is unarmed, but they are a master. And then they. Well, I I I wanted to ask if you caught the blaring mistake mm -hmm. in the introduction on the top of page one. Uh, the fact that he was twenty. No, not only that he was twenty, but his parents were killed at age nine. So that means he was in Kunlun for 11 years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He he left when he was 19, not... Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm done complaining. <laughs> I'm just... There's a lot of issues. I'm just in it for the rod now, I guess. Well, all right, then. So he double-palm slaps the blade of the sword headed towards his chest. Yep. And then using a double mule kick, basically sends the ninja flying across the room. Uh, complimenting that the fact that he was trained by Liu Kang, the Thunderer, and that's how he was able to do that. And then he does one of the weirdest <laughs> regain footings, <laughs> jump up, grab yourself, <laughs> attack, duck above well, not even duck above, jump above a sword swing. Somersault. Into a spinning somersault to one foot landing 
where he is then attacked by the cult of Karakai, and he's had enough of their crap. So he literally does a spinning whip kick yeah. and takes out all four of these cultists in one shot. He now, must mind have, you, yeah. four issues ago, it took him half, a pay, half an issue, like it said in the letter page, to beat off four untrained thugs that had a lead pipe, a candlestick, a rope in the library, and a dagger. Yet these, you know, diaper-wearing murderous cultists, he just took out four in a third of a second. I guess he's getting better. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun, we, yeah. We jump straight to the panel of, I don't know who that is supposed to be, uh, a man in drag yelling, Danny, behind <laughs> you. Her eyes are white. There's no color to her peoples either. Yeah, that, that's the same here, or her lips. And... I, like I said when I was saying that it looks like more than one person drew this book, that panel right there sucks. Well, not only does it suck, but it's not in any, it's not in the style that we've just been reading. It's yeah. like out of the blue. I mean, look how horrible the hair is on Lee Wing's face and on his, his face. head and his, and his eyeglasses and the color is the, the color is so out of whack on this. It looks like he's wearing a blue superhero mask. That page where <coughs> Iron Fist leaps up, that's really weird. Like, the mm-hmm. first panel in that sequence, yep. it looks like he's falling backward, like he's getting knocked backwards, and they just, like, yes. got a tape and put it in reverse, so it looks like he's jumping forward. <laughs> I don't know. I'm the only one who got that impression, but I expect to see him, like, funniest home videos or something. It's bad. It's bad. Yeah. So they, there's more fighting, shockingly. Um, the ninja jumps back in. Danny steps to the side, and this time the ninja is like out in the open. And now the cultists all jump on the ninja because they want him dead too because he burned up their book. And, of course, the ninja is not having any of that. and He's been killing them this whole time, so he takes out a few more with his sword. Yep. And then the cops come in, and they're like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> they got their shotguns and their six-shooters out and whatnot, and they're like, one of our guys followed that Iron Fist character down here and called for backup. Here we are, and look at all these shenanigans going on. <laughs> yeah, this death cult, this underground temple, it's wacky, man. There's a guy in a wig. <laughs> <laughs> So they, they get over to the wings and they're telling them to, you know, chill out. The cultists are already attacking the cops. And then we see the sisters. And I'm sorry, but the two sisters here, this looks like an issue, uh, a piece of artwork straight out of the Dungeons and Dragons manual from like the 80s. Well, they'd be naked and if it, that was the case. And it could, it could very well be. Hmm. I don't know. I think I think the D and D manuals did better art than that. <laughs> <laughs> and I honestly, I, I I almost think that the third word bubble is coming out of the wrong sister's head. Yeah, I'd noticed that too. I had trouble telling who was talking. And uh, is it just me or the lower sister with the triangle on her forehead? 
Does that thing in her hair kind of make her head look like the underside of something else? Uh, well, now that you mention it, I can't not see it, so. <laughs> but she looks sort of derp, like, both of them actually, if they, if you just drew, like, drool coming from their mouths. Oh yeah, totally. I think it would look really <laughs> Just put on your just put on your pecker hat, honey. Come on, everything I, will be fine. The boys are handling it. Mm-hmm. I do, li- <laughs> I do like the next panel, the first panel on the next page. It just looks really chaotic, and it just oh, yeah. sort of funny because the cops are like, oh. <laughs> not even worried bubbles, just the look of panic kind of cop's yeah. face. It's just cult members with knives flying through the air in every direction. Yeah. Cops getting the crap kicked out of them so hard their hats are flying off. I don't know who the guy in the right's pointing that gun at, because it's not where he's looking. And then anyways, they're like, freeze, you two, or you're dead. And I don't force me to battle you, (laughs) officer of the law. I am (laughs) blameless of any wrongdoing and would remain so. So the writing has also taken a step down, I think. What, again? (laughs) How is that possible? Well, he's, he's talking like straight out of a bad kung fu flick now. Yeah, tell that to Harold Meacham, the guy you offed. And Colleen puts in her two cents that, no, the ninja killed him out here, and, and the dad's like, he'll never confess. And then, of course, whoops, confess to killing the old <laughs> fool. I revel in it. Ha, ha, ha. Of course, I killed Harold Meacham. He tried to shoot this dog from Kunlun. My plans at this time call for Iron Fist to live. Those plans have changed. Or my name is it Mojo Jojo. Wow. What? It's from Powerpuff Girls, yeah. if you don't know. <laughs> Iron Fist will die. But since you mortal seems determined to interfere in this matter, I have no choice but to take it elsewhere. To the dark side vanished. of the moon. So he throws another smoke bomb and causes them to vanish. And then the writers took the biggest bong hit in history. <laughs> well, what helps the issue? Passed it to the artist... And they went before it. <laughs> this is where the issue gets a lot better. Like, the art's a bit wonky still, but at least you can use the excuse that it's in some trippy alternate dimension. So There's only three things missing from this story right now. What are they? Doctor Strange, Brother Voodoo, and Silver Surfer. It does look very much like a Doctor... I haven't read much Silver Surfer and Brother Voodoo, but I've read a fair bit of... Well, not a fair bit, but I've seen Doctor Strange pop up, you know, taking Spider-Man to these dimensions, and it pretty much looks yep. exactly like this. Yeah, pretty much spot on. It's the whole alternate or other dimension realm with the mystical clouds and lightning strikes and, you know, like limbs melting through other portals and, and it's, stars yeah. in the distance and odd shapes and whirlpools and people upside down all of a sudden. Yeah, it's done well. I like it. And we find out that, uh, well, not immediately, but we find out that he is a sorcerer. Well, he was a a samurai in Japan, and they fight, and he thinks he killed Iron Fist. So then he goes and he starts his monologue, the typical villain monologue. Well, we're going to skip ahead that Which is usually done. Like I said, it's a big fight where they're floating in space. He's upside down. He's right side up. Iron Fist can't seem to right himself. He's dodging a few shurikens. He manages to get out of the way of one or two sword hits. 
but gets yeah. sent flying through this funky universe. He's pretty much just, it's like zero gravity for him. He's sort of yep. just hyper going through. But there's some pretty nice panels there. We can't, I mean, they're a bit hard to describe, which might sort of be the point. But, yeah. Anyway, you were saying? Yes, the huge monologue. Yeah, he throws Iron Fist off this rock, even though there was no gravity anyway, which is weird, but whatever. Um, well, yeah, it's kind of weird. He, he he hits him at one point, he flies backwards, he, like, crashes against this floating rock thing, and then the ninja guy actually puts his sword away and does, like, a, you know, axe chop straight down onto, like, Iron Fist's chest, which caves the rocks out from underneath him and sends him, like, hurtling down into like a tentacled whirlpool is the only thing I can describe it as. And then raises his fist as if he now has the iron fist. He doesn't. And though. Yells, I think that's just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Did you feel that death blow UT for it signaled, not merely the slaying of a callow youth, but the death kneel of Kunlun as well. I have waited an eternity for this day, my fine dragon Kings. And then we go into his flashback. So this does this remind you? Remember when uh, Johnny Blaze went into the Nightmare Realm? Oh yeah, I was gonna say this. This artwork and what's going on here is so Nightmare Realm. It's mm. even even in the the issue where Dazzler goes into the Nightmare Realm and saves herself by remembering the fact that she has a portable radio on her belt well, that sounds at the dumb. time at the time that's how dazzler made her light effect if she needed the music to convert into the light that gave her the powers of the blasts and whatnot and she got sucked into the nightmare realm and faces nightmare and uses her hip transistor radio to help her out that sounds <laughs> really dumb oh it is yeah it's dazzler <laughs> hello that's it's that's dazzler. true it was a superhero on roller skates who had disco ball earrings yeah but but Ghost Rider was a superhero riding a flaming motorcycle and his head is on fire, but he's awesome. Like, he... Uh... Yeah, damn straight he is. Alright, there's our Ghost Rider reference for the uh, episode <laughs> out of the way. So <laughs> I think we've done it every episode we've referenced him once. Well, it's usually me, but I can't help it. It, al- it always should be. He's fantastic. It's true. And so, he's the, so we find out he was the greatest samurai in Japan so feared that they even called him Death, and he proudly accepted the title. But he was a jerk. Yeah, but he was a total D-bag. And he didn't act with any honor or anything, so the samurai essentially cast him out. But not before he killed a bunch of them, and then he became an outlaw. So he fled, and Master Khan found him. Well, he found Master Khan, doesn't really. Master Khan is going to pop up a lot in the next 10 plus years of Iron Fist's history. Yeah. So pay pay attention, people. Yeah. So, Master Khan points out, since he's such a dishonorable jerk, I'm guessing he's probably killed a few people in his sleep, that you'd be better off being a ninja. So, ninjas merely feign mystical powers, but this guy actually acquired them. And Master Khan gave him a book. He, well, an arcane volume he called the book of many things and there was many things in that book <laughs> which he <laughs> yeah. 
it, it's also called the Sacred Volume of Kali, which is the thing that the cult for, wants. For no apparent reason whatsoever, it's called that. <laughs> yeah. Just to connect the dots, I guess. But, so, that's where he learns all his things, and it's simply a tool to him. And he read of Kumun in it, and how there were threats to Master Khan, and they had skillful warriors, so he's like, screw it, I'll invade by myself. So he invades, kills a few people, but then Lee Kong beats the crap out of him. And, well, arrests. Citizens arrest, I guess. And UT condemns him to be trapped inside the very book he was using. Well, hold on. There's a bit of information in that one panel. Yeah. He is bound with rings of iron. A metal that weakens mages of the Khan's order. And then he was brought forward to UT. And then in the little apostrophe there, it says, which explains why the ninja couldn't possess the professor in the last issue. And they promised last issue. Not until Iron Fist freed him of the iron handcuffs yeah. Did the professor change into the ninja? So someone actually thought a little bit ahead there. Well, I mean, they did have that glaring thing at the end of the issue saying, we'll promise we'll explain all this. Mm-hmm. So, I guess that's it. So, for some also unknown reason, he apparently brought the book with him to Kunlun because that's what you do. Well, how's he going to get back from Kunlun if he doesn't bring the book, really? By remembering the spell that, to get you out. Yeah, but he's an idiot. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't know. So they somehow strip his physical form away and imprison his spirit into the book. Yeah. And I guess they just sit it on a bookshelf and... Some guy wonder, steals it. The wonderful hermit who we meet in an earlier episode... Was that the same guy? Uh, it's it's the one that's dead in in the mountain. He doesn't seem like a guy who would, like, steal I books, think. though. I don't know. They keep reusing the same monk, so it's really hard to tell. He's wearing the same stupid red hat. He doesn't have again, a mustache, though. That, again, in the second panel, looks like the underside of something else. Yeah. And the red hat, which apparently, maybe that's just what all monks wear back then. I don't know. But he steals the book, gets back, you know, just visits for the, what is it, like two days there on Earth? I can't even remember every ten years. It's not it's a long day. period. Yeah, it might be a week, it might be, uh, I don't know, I don't think it's ever said it specifically so far. If anyone wants to correct us, obviously feel free to write in. Yeah. I, uh, I, but he, com- he comes back to the mortal plane and is jumped by a member of the cult of Kali who kills him and takes the book and apparently he you know he opened the book and saw fancy words and stuff in there and decided that this must be part of theirs cult culture so he took it to them he takes it to them and actually he is under the influence of the ninja so the ninja thinks this is going to get him Freedom. Yeah. And he thinks if he this guy brings the book back to the cult and then passes it on to their leader, which apparently had reports of these leaders were supposed to be, you know, supreme and divine and all this, 
only to find out that these reports were grossly exaggerated and these people were barely literate. I remember this is what they're writing. I don't Yeah. I don't know any real bias on the education of the, the cult of Kali because I think it is actually a real cult. Well, this is like a hundred years ago, so. And the book was placed pretty much now called the sacred volume of Kali, placed on an altar, and was never to be touched by any of anyone but Kali's self-determined descendants. And okay, so rage the ninja. I just want to stop you there. It can't be the same monk because this was a century ago. Right, you're right. It's a yeah. hundred years ago. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Just... But that same that same monk outfit held strong though, didn't it? Oh yeah, he inherited <laughs> these clothes or just found them on the road. And in the ninja's rage of now still being trapped in this book and just put on a pedestal and no one is trying to figure out how to get him out, yeah, uses what power he has to reach out outside of the book and actually unleashes more power than he thought he was capable of and causes a huge earthquake which causes the entire temple to collapse, trapping the book in a pile of rubble for over a hundred years until Professor Wing comes along and then and uncovers the book. We know what happens from there. The cult is constantly trying to assassin Professor Wing, who's trying to decipher the book, and when that happens, he turns into the ninja and or gets possessed by the ninja and takes them out. And I don't think Professor Wing is two- aware of this. Right, and it's also two reasons. One, to, perfect, to protect Professor Wing, because he believes that since Professor Wing is intelligent, he will be able to decipher the book and free him from the book. And also, that reason number two, is to protect the book from any harm. Yeah. Because he is under the impression if something happens to the book, it happens to him. Yeah. Which in the story in the issue before, we find out, it was completely opposite of what happened. When once the book was destroyed, he was freed. Yeah. And he was annoyed by that. So then he's like, "That's one of the reasons why Iron Fist needed to be saved. He needed um, a bodyguard. Lee needed a bodyguard. He couldn't be there all the time because you know his powers are only so much. This, that, and the other thing. But now that he's free, he has no use for Iron Fist, and he's still pissed off at Kun Lun. So." Now Iron Fist needs to die too, and that's exactly what he did. Also, yeah, Iron Fist looks super goofy in that panel where he's recapping, like his. I, ca- I kind of like the cheetah spots around his fist. He lo- but he looks like uh, Kurt Angle <laughs> with that lack of neck, or I don't know. <laughs> Kurt or... Angle. <laughs> I mean, the, oh, so the art during this flashback it was okay. I guess the coloring. Uh, uh, it it was wibbly wobbly. Some bits are good, some bits weren't so great. That's the best way to describe it, I think. Mm-hmm. It's hit or miss almost every panel. Yeah, where he gets sucked into the book, that looks cool. Mm-hmm. But anyways, he is you know so angry, he could scream with rage. <laughs> and then from behind him, Iron Fist pops up in the shadows, all dark and shaded. Then scream, ninja. It is the only consul- consolation you shall know. And he's like, Iron Fist, how could you have, sir? Ugh! And he punches him right in the nuts. 
Yeah. Kunlun taught me many things, Ninja, <laughs> including punching people in the nuts. Because if you kind of line up where that fist is going, it's not in a happy spot. It happens a lot. So, so Iron Fist says, I can adapt to any battlefield at any given time, and then Soliloquy gave him enough time to prepare. Now, I, I thought, when I was reading this, I thought he was just in a monologuing. But the fact that he was talking out loud for that long, I thought was pretty funny. It And Iron Fist probably just had about, like, 20 minutes to just rest up and get behind him. It's definitely one of the sloppier pieces of exposition in terms of uh, execution. Not execution, but just the explanation for why it's happening. It's sort of like Colleen... As I mentioned a couple of issues ago, going on about how Daniel Rand's just a scared ten-year-old boy, which was really out of character. And also, uh, the panel where he says Kunlun taught me many things, Ninja. His uh, his cheek his cheek on the uh, left is yellow, sort of. Are you getting that? Yes. Yeah. The left-hand side of the panel, the yellow from his mask kind of, like, washes down his face like the guy didn't know that it was just a top yeah. head wrap, which yeah. makes no sense if he's been coloring this whole damn issue. Well, the, the point... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so they fought some more. There's some lines. Like, right, this is where the supreme. ninja said... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The ninja says that Master Khan created this like universe pocket for him. So it doesn't you you might think you've mastered it, but you've mastered nothing because you know I live here and you've been here, you know. Yeah. Twenty five minutes and twenty of it has been me talking. Yeah. <laughs> and uh they blow they both do the whole samurai like pass attack. Yeah. And the uh they both strike one another and it looks like he smacks the ninja on the cheek and he's, you know, wiping away his tear. And uh, <laughs> he injured Iron Fist by ripping his shirt even more. So Iron Fist finally just rips the whole damn shirt off. And then That's on. Pre- proceeds right back to the attack where he's swatting the blade away with uh, the palm of his hand and kicking and elbowing and stuffing and blocking and cartwheeling away and. There's a whole lot of weird acrobat things going on. Panels that look like they should be underwater. Yeah. Uh, scrambled egg being thrown through the air. Hey, the it's an altered dimension, with, right? With swoosh. True. Yeah, yeah, it does look like an egg. <laughs> Someone just threw an egg at the wall, and now it's like leaking down. It's really weird. You order eggs with this, mm-hmm. and uh, then Iron Fist kicks the sword out of his hand. Yet it's right back in his hand. The very next panel, and he's like, "All right, I've had enough of this." And he summons the Iron Fist. This time, going lefty. If you haven't noticed, he switches back and forth all the time. So yep. Iron Fist is apparently ambidextrous, which is all good. It makes sense. And he goes to throw the Iron Fist at the ninja, and the ninja goes to block with his sword, Which but stops the sword glowing. glowing glows blood red. And they both come into contact, and there is a huge explosion. Yeah. 
you are hurled from this dimension as it crumbles around you. And when the center of the universe dies, how can the universe itself continue? Now, if this was DC, Batman would show up and monologue him about killing. How killing is wrong, and he should never do it. And then the Joker would kill, like, three children while he's doing that monologue. So... And he would just put him back in the prison. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I, I get Batman's no-killing thing, but the comics really don't help how they make Arkham a revolving door. Mm-hmm. It would be more well, believable th- if he just didn't keep getting out and killing people, like, all the time. I think just recently, in a, in a uh, DC issue, Wonder Woman actually addressed that. Yeah. She pretty much said, you ever wonder why my top villain <laughs> list is so small, yet Bruce Clark's, and I, she mentioned somebody else too, list is a mile long? Because I take care of the problem. Why don't, why don't they chuck Joker in the Phantom Zone? I mean, it's there, right? Mm. Just throw him in there. He's not going to get out of that. Oh, but he needs therapy. Shut up, Batman. It's... <laughs> doesn't need therapy. He's long proved that he's past that. Anyway, that that's that's for another podcast, I'm sure. Well, just to go off on that, apparently there's a short story floating around online. I don't know if it appeared in a book, if it appeared in a comic, I don't know. I don't think it's been illustrated. I think it is just a written story where some master villain thing shows up and it's going to destroy every single person on the planet. And all the heroes have failed to defeat it. But Batman actually figures it out and defeats the car- the villain. And in defeating the villain in like his, you know, death shot or whatever, as he's dying, he hits Batman with this like ray and Batman is teleported back into the past. Yeah, that was, that was in, I think it was Final Crisis. That was Darkseid. It wasn't a short story. It was the end of this huge long arc. And he gets hit with Darkseid's Omega Beams. And then mm-hmm. Superman gets angry and beats up Darkseid. And then he's holding, like, Bruce's skeleton. But no, Bruce actually got transported back in time. And he went through time to the present. And for a while, Dick Grayson took over as Batman, which was pretty cool. But it it was ridiculous. Very uh, ridiculous. Ex- exactly not where the story was going. Oh. He gets transported back into time doesn't know where he is but he's somewhere in Gotham and he's dressed as Batman all with all holes blown in it so he takes off the costume and grabs some clothes off a clothesline and dresses and goes around the corner of a building and I think bumps into this guy who drops a handgun and then scurries away because he was just frightened by you know bumping into Batman out of nowhere and Batman picks up the gun and sticks it in his pocket and he decides to turn around and go in the same direction this guy was originally headed. And up ahead, he sees young Bruce Wayne and his parents walking down the alley. Oh, God. And just realizes that he just interrupted their killer. And that he now has to become the killer. Oh, of his own parents so Bruce becomes Batman or else the whole world would have died because Batman is the one who had just saved it that's crap though there's so many I mean it sounds like fan fiction because in 
there's so many variables. If Batman never existed, maybe that situation never would have happened. True. All those little random events, and it's just like, yeah, I don't know. It, it's not written by DC, is it? Oh, again, I don't know where it came from. I just read a, somebody was commenting on it online, and I read it, and I'm like, whoa, that's messed up. And needless to say, in the story, the story ends with him bringing the gun up to level them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't like that. I just but needless it, to say, that's why we can't kill Hitler. Right. It's, Batman, Batman's made to, I don't really like modern Batman, because he's just made to look really stupid all the time. And that just makes mm. him look more dumb. So I, just... I actually prefer Batman taking care of more of the street level problems than these super powered people. Yeah, that that well, unless it's world's finest Superman and Batman, that stuff can be cool. Mm. Like when they were taking on President Lex Luthor, that was cool. But when he's in these huge scale conflicts and he's standing up to gods and stuff, it doesn't make much sense. I prefer when he's taking on, like, vampires or just street crime. Yeah. Um, like, when I was a kid, I always preferred uh, Detective. Detective, to me, back in the day, back in the, you know, 90s, yeah. for me, Detective was the best Batman stories going, because that's literally what it was. It was yeah. serial killers and... Uh, people who were tweaked out of their minds and all kinds of weird street level stuff. Sometimes it was even like ghosts and weird crap he was dealing yeah. with. But it was always the interesting, like, where he actually had to do honest to God detective work. Now it's just gotten dumb. It's just, he doesn't do much detective work. I mean, I've heard good things about uh Scott Snyder, or is it Scott Lobdell? I don't know, one of the two. I've said good things about his Batman U52 run, but I, I've seen pictures, and it's like the Joker. The Joker's face is cut off or something, and he staples it back on. Yep. And I just think that's really dumb, and try-hard edgy, if I can mm -hmm. use that word. So, never got too interested in it. It's very insane clown posse. Yeah, it's... Yeah... I oh, know. If I if I want insane clown posse, I'll read Punisher Max. <laughs> and there's really crazy stuff with that. Anyway, well, well that tangent went on. Um, yeah. <laughs> so back to uh, Iron Fist. So he's back in our reality and almost punches Professor Wing dead in the face, but realizes who he is. That would have been funny if he like just punched him and killed him. I did that a few times in college when roommates would wake me up. You killed them? No, I punched them dead in the face. Jesus, Carl. <laughs> one, one of them was, I, I, he flew across the room and I, gave, I split his nose open. He's like, what is wrong with you? Did like, he Don't touch me when I'm sleeping. Was he pranking you? No, it was just we, in the dorm room. It was three per, a oh, giant okay. room, but it was three different people per room. And, uh. I can't remember if he was trying to wake me up to go to breakfast or I took a nap and it was time to go down for dinner because we had a huge cafeteria we went to. Yeah. But I was dead asleep and he just went over and grabbed me, which is not something you do to people. Like, that... hey, <laughs> bam. <laughs> you must have a lot of friends. <laughs> no. <laughs> your, your children are your friends, right? That's right. I'm being I have mean three now. kids now. I don't have time for friends. 
So, yes, they, uh, he wakes up. I just want to point out that the eyes of Iron Fist is really inconsistent throughout this whole issue. They go from white to... Oh, even uh, the amount of black around the white changes almost every panel. Yeah. Like he's almost got this Deadpool eye thing going on in this issue. So, Professor Wing is still his u- usual cheerful self. And he says, totally unpossessed, my boy. And, you know, he can't feel the ninja's presence anyway. He hasn't seen him. And he says, Iron Fist will be cleared of all charges. They just need to go to the station together later. Because right, the cops are will back up the fact that the ninja admitted to everything. Yeah. And they're, they're rounding up the last of them. They won't even take Iron Fist to the station. The cops are just like, eh, the Lees will bring him by later. Yeah, which is and, whatever. It's not very he's, good person. He's, he's asking about Ushash and Shea if they're among the prisoners, and Colleen tells him that you know they slipped out while she was busy supporting the local police by beating cult members' butts. Oh, that's Iron Fist asking that. See, when I was reading, I thought it was the cop because I couldn't no, see Iron Fist. Yeah, he's he's all dark in the back; you can barely see him. Yeah. And again, for some unknown reason, Colleen uses the term. You are a free type person now. If that's not, she looks really stupid when she's saying that. Like, duh. Yeah, she know. does. But I'm, I'm almost wondering, was free type some type of '70s slang? You're a free type person, cat. I don't know. Um, she also says, "Their self-styled daughters are Carly split." Blah blah blah. I was too busy supporting my local police to do anything to stop them. My local police. Is this an ad for the police, or it just seems really weird and forced, that line coming from her? It is an odd line. I'm not going to argue about that at all. But then they're like, oh, you know, it's all over now. And he's like, is it over? I've wasted the past ten, ten and a half years of my life in a meaningless pursuit of vengeance. Yeah. Your world holds nothing but bitter memories for me, and yet I cannot return to Kunlun for nine years. The one man who knew how to enter the city other than the appointed times is dead. And that's a question that I'm glad is brought up, because, yeah, he has wasted the past ten years. Well, not wasted, but he thinks that. And And then... Then we go to the final page where we're first greeted with one of the oddest-looking panels... With his eyes going in two different directions. <laughs> Where, you know, he may be the pride of Kun Lun, but this world holds nothing but bitter memories for him, and he can't even return to Kun Lun for another nine years. And the one man who knew how to enter the city with, at other than the appointed times is now dead, because the ninja had apparently a spell in his book to do it. Yeah. Which I don't think would have helped because the book was destroyed. Yes. Because he had been trapped in the book for so long, he now memorized everything that was in it, but that was never set spoken upon. Be worth a shot, I guess. And the professor is like, well, what about the man named Daniel Rand? And he's like, I don't even know who that is. And he's like, I've never taken the time to find out. And, of course, Colleen is like, well, the police and the prisoners are gone now. Why don't you take off the mask and start finding out about this Rand fella? And he goes, perhaps. And then he takes the mask off, and that's the big... And it has... This is... 
the monologue, you are Iron Fist. Well, not monologue, second, but whatever. You are Iron Fist. You are also Daniel Rand, a man who today has begun life anew. Good luck. And it's the first time you see him, like, after he's become the Iron Fist without his, uh, mask on. Right. And I like, I like his face. And he looks sweaty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He looks very sweaty. He's... Hair's all damp and stuff. I think his... I don't know, I just... I really like his face. Except his eyes are supposed to be blue, right? They look... Grey. They're... Yeah, they're not... They're not coloured at all in this one. But it still looks good. Uh, Colin... Uh, Colleen looks okay. Professor Wing looks like he's staring at nothing. Alright, now, your comment on the face. Is it just me? Mm. Or does he have a very large scar over his left eyebrow? Yeah, that might have been from the recent battle but that's true that could have been intended to stay there but maybe it was just an oversight mm-hmm. and they never brought it back which is a shame because I think it looks cool should have a scar mm-hmm. a scar would be yeah, nice. with all the fighting and training it would make sense now you've made me sad yeah. Carl <laughs> it's not, doesn't pop up yes oh, thank you <laughs> next the man's name is Warhawk. And the day you meet him is the day you die. I'm just going to point out that the next issue is more like a Punisher story than an Iron Fist story. It's it's straight up not only a Punisher, it also would be, you know, a great story that would have appeared in the NAM. Yes. Magazine. Minus the superpower bit. And it's not a it's not a bad thing. It the next issue is uh pretty decent from what I recall. So, anyway, overall thoughts of that issue? Um, it answered a lot of questions. It got a lot of... It got a lot weird. But well, it... Like, ended the storyline. And now we start fresh again. Yeah, if he wanted his whole definitive origin, then it would end with this issue. Because that's where the story arc has finally ended. There's no more further cues or anything to resolve. Correct. Now this does not end the flashbacks at all, however. Oh no! This still in the going. very next in the very next issue, we've got a very good flashback of a younger Danny training in Kunlun. Oh, I look forward to it. So, let's see. Well, you have to wait till next week to find out if the title changes. <laughs> so, I thought the issue. Uh, don't sigh or roll your eyes, but it. It's definitely yes. It is. De- I mean, you can't deny it. The coloring is terrible in this issue. Oh, it is. It'd be a disservice but, not to read it in black and white. But really. come on, say your little thing we talked about before. It was actually necessary for color. Yep. For the psychedelic sequence, it's pretty hard to tell what's going on in the black and white version. So why don't you buy both and then donate money to us? No, we don't make money. <laughs> I actually need... I What I need to do is I need to get the Epic Collection. Yeah. And then see if they cleaned it up even further. Yeah. So I can put original Masterworks and Epic side by side. I won't be getting the, the Epic Collection for a while, I think. It's just... Well, that's money. because it's an arm and a leg down there. I can score mine for like 22 bucks here. Yeah, see, it cost me about 45 down here. Um, so, yes, uh, do you have anything to add about that issue? 
Ah, thank God it's over. <laughs> oh, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, it wasn't that good either. That's true. It's it... well, story story wise, it wasn't bad. It, it was hard to look at. Let's just put it that way. It's not as good as the last issue, but it's not as bad as Batroc Zelipa issue. <laughs> so, all right. So I guess we'll wrap up. Um, you can find us on Facebook. Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist podcast. We're also on Podcast Garden. If you go to the literature section, we are in there. We are also on iTunes. Feel free to rate. And if you rate us, you know, crappy ratings, then please explain why, and we'll try and improve. Uh, you can contact us, send us feedback, speculation, anything you thought about the issue, or any any questions for us even. Um, also, questions about Ghost Rider, obviously. Uh, <laughs> Sons of the Dragon podcast at gmail.com. We are also have a WordPress. Just Google Sons of the Dragon Podcast WordPress because it's a hell of a mouthful to say. We are also on SoundCloud. Links will be on Facebook for that. And I believe that is it. Well, YouTube, where uh, if you Ooh, search sorry. Iron yep. Fist Podcast, you'll find us. Forget about YouTube. So, Iron Fist, uh, the Death Cult of Karakai, maybe, Colleen Wing. Lee Wing, they are all properties of Marvel. We do not make any money off this podcast, so any characters or music we use or reference is all non-for-profit. We don't make anything, so don't sue us. That's right, it's for the love. You'll just get bad please, PR if you sue us, so... Please comment, send us emails, send us pictures, send us pictures tell us if we should be doing a Ghostwriter podcast, let <laughs> us know. <laughs> yeah. And then when we do the Ghost Rider podcast, we'll start talking about Hellboy every episode. So then we'll do a Hellboy podcast. Works for me. Yep, works for me. My, my wife will want you dead, but it works for me. Oh. <laughs> Alright, well, until next time, may your fist become unto things of iron or anything else that you want to become on. Un- I shouldn't have said that. No, that's dirty. Alright, peace. Peace. Namaste. Namaste. Thank you.